Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the podcast. Uh, this is episode eight, um, and today we have our good friend Diana Scotti on with us. But before we get into that, let's uh, check in on the guys, see how everybody's doing. Doc, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Um, pretty pumped that it's warmer weather outside now. Um, yeah, it's so nice. Um, Alex even got like a little pool to try and get Alfie into it. So I just checked and he actually went in. So he's got like a few of the water. Good. You're going to toss him like yeah. a pack of potatoes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Angel, what about you? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, had a good week. Yeah, the weather's finally clearing up. So it smells like uh, a New York City version of summer already. Like the ice cream truck, you can hear the ice cream man, you hear the, the, the rust off the metal and like the, the, the grass and the trees and all that stuff. So it's going to be a good summer. Be on the floor, yeah. trash on the street. Yeah, pretty, yeah, the trash on the street, the subways. I haven't been in the subway, but yeah. Um, how about you, David? How's, how's it going? I'm good, man. Uh, everything doing, everything's good. Family's doing well. I'm doing well. Um, little lack of motivation this week to work out, but I got some stuff done, so that, that's good. Um, and yeah, man, just relaxing. Nothing too crazy. Right. It's nice outside. I'll probably go out for a walk. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, we're going to start off with a lot of that stuff. Okay. Uh, so, David, let's... Anyway. Uh, All right. Well, we have Diana, right? Yep. All right. So, let, let's... Diana Scotisan, we're going to talk about uh, women training culture, female training culture, because that's a big thing, especially in the past couple of years, where, you know, women have been exposed to barbell training a lot more. And I think Diana's a great resource for anyone, not not excluding men, but just anyone, whoever wants to get into barbell training. So let, let's uh, introduce Diana, and we'll get going. Cool. Diana. Hi, Diana. <laughs> I got this to work. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I was more concerned that uh, I would royally F up anything dealing with technology to talk to you guys today. So, hey. Hey, good. Thank you for taking a How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. It's good to finally see you guys. Yeah, it's been Welcome. a long time. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. I think uh, we've all, at least Jock and I, from our kind of like departure from 76, I didn't get a chance to see you the last day that everything kind of closed down, but I saw a couple of people. Um, but how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, in a good routine now, and the family is well and healthy. So family's well and healthy, and I've been working pretty steady. So that's all I could really ask for right now. So um, I'm very fortunate right now, a lot more than a lot of other people. Yeah. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling very lucky, very blessed. Good. I was a little. Say what? I think David was asking about Keith. How's, how's Keith doing? Uh, well, he's doing fine. He's hurt that he's not been asked to. Uh, that was, that was a little one. How's Keith? <laughs> <laughs> and he is uh he's baking. oh yeah no he, he he already chewed my ear off yeah he's he baking. <laughs> as he he's, should uh, he's been uh he's been baking up a storm so i have uh i'm very 
also lucky that I can still get through the front door here. The man can make pizza <laughs> and he's now baked cookies and country loaf and he's 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 jamming in that kitchen. Um, <laughs> That's good, Joel. I mean, this is going to be another career opportunity, right? I, yeah. Hey, I, you know, whatever it takes to keep him in the kitchen, as long as I get to be the main beneficiary of it, I'm good because <laughs> he and I made a, a promise to each other that while we're under lockdown, I promised him I would not do any cooking because oh, life is stressful enough as it is and nobody needs me having a meltdown in the kitchen because... <laughs> of something that I have created. He's so, like, you know, we got to worry about COVID already. We don't got to worry about your cooking. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, there's only so much drama an individual can handle. And uh, I think the last time we had people over and I cooked for them as our guests were arriving, I the food exploded in the food processor because apparently you're not supposed to fill it a certain way. And they walk in and I'm crying in the middle of the kitchen and Keith is running around going, I got it. It's okay. We're cool. We're cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm not cooking while we're <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, um, thanks for, thanks for, you know, joining us. I think uh, a big topic that we all wanted to discuss is women and weightlifting uh, and you know, it could be women from any age group. I know you specify in um, the old, older age range, but I think just women in general, the culture that has evolved from not doing any barbell training to doing the training now has is, is come a long way. Uh, um, what are your thoughts on, on the change, you know, that women in weightlifting have undergone? I love it. I mean, I'm... When I first started to compete in Olympic style weightlifting, maybe there were two, two meets a year, maybe. And maybe there were like six other women that I would compete against. And now there's easily 20 women in my group. I can compete year round. It's, it's phenomenal. So from a selfish point of view, I love it because there's a lot more opportunities for me to get in there. But from taking a step back and, and what it means and what I've seen it to do and the value of barbell training for women 50 plus, we all know the health benefits, you know, bone density, muscle mass, but there's an underlying emotional and psychological component that is also there that you can't get with a lot of other styles of training which is the confidence that it builds and stereotypically you know if we take a bench press one of the first things that a lot of women think about is oh the big 20 year old guy with the big muscles on a bench and i could never do that and it's incredibly empowering i've yet to put a barbell in any woman's hand regardless of age that once they do their first bench press, once they do their first back squat or proper deadlift, the sense of empowerment or yes, not only within their own body and claiming the strength in their own body, but claiming that space for themselves in the gym where maybe they didn't think that they had a space before. So it's, 
it's been really exciting because so now we have this whole generation that this is normal like my generation was the first generation to grow up with title nine where we had to have we got equal access to sports and sports specific training and we really started to break through the taboo of weightlifting and now my generation has kids that are going through college they're in high school they're they're growing up with seeing their moms lifting and it's no big deal the effect it's going to have for the following generation afterwards okay so now we're going to have eventually a new generation coming up where grandma weight trains what's the big deal so you normalize this so it no longer becomes this thing that is just dominated by 20 year old male males or you know, the old stereotype of bodybuilders with, you know, the massive, you know, hypertrophic type bodies. It's, and the more women that claim it, the more women put their own value system on it so that it can mean different things to different people. So I, I love it. And it's really exciting to see what the next generation of women will take and claim as their own. So it's it's a lovely thing to be a part of. Ah, now I can see you better. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, you, you mentioned, you know, the generation coming up and the new generation coming up. Now we're living in an age of social media, right? You know, a lot there, especially in the fitness industry, you know, it's so it's very superficial, it's very saturated with all these, you know, Instagram personal trainers, online personal trainers, and when it comes to weightlifting, can you, can you debunk any, any myths about women lifting weights? You know, for example, getting too bulky or not toning up or things like that, that it, it always goes in the minds of, yeah, I mean, but I have, I had a, I had a client a long time ago and the first thing she told me, she wanted to look like some model. And I said, well, you know, first of all, the model's like six one or something and you're not, but so it comes down to just when I, offer my, my expertise and when I give them suggestions about what it is that they should be doing, the, the biggest objection is I don't want to get too bulky or I don't want to get too much muscle. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get calluses. Like all this stuff. Um, what would you say in terms of all these myths that surround weightlifting? Oh, wow. Um, so unfortunately those myths just won't effing die. Can I say, can I cuss on y'all show? Yeah, yeah, you can. No, like, first off, let's fucking die. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I expected that when- This is your black nail tape, man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, I expect it when I'm, I'm talking to maybe somebody who's in their 40s, 50s, whatever, because it's, it's a, it can be a generational thing. But it, it's so saturated. And it breaks my heart when I hear a 20 year old woman still spouting these same things. So, you know, here I am on one hand saying, oh wow, we've come a really far away, but yet this myth just won't fucking die. And so <laughs> you can, and, it, and it's complex, right? So it doesn't matter if you have a PhD in physiology and you give a person all the stats of why that's not going to happen to them, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when they experience in their own bodies, you, 
they're going to experience in their own bodies. Now, whether or not it is because of a certain filter and a certain way that she's viewing her body. Um, and it might just be that mentally she's not in a place to begin to hear it. So you, you always start with facts, you know, to, to address part of it, you always start with facts and to try to reassure them. However, I think if you start to have an individual who is giving you pushback and saying, no, 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 but you don't understand why my body, my body's different, that tells me that psychologically she's got something else where she's viewing her body in a different way, maybe culturally. You don't know what she's been growing up, hearing, seeing. And no, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, the quick celebrity fix media personal training type thing out there. But again, recently, the new generation coming on with social media and a lot, I'm seeing a lot more young people reveal their vulnerability and how hard it is for them to achieve a certain body type and speaking the truth and saying, hey, yeah, this is my body, but however, this is what I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Now, are there still shit trainers out there? Absolutely. They won't fucking go away either. And there's nothing. <laughs> to that. All right. I'm, I'm trying. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> getting there. <laughs> David, this is actually an intervention. This has nothing to do with me talking about women. This is all about you and all here to say who am i anymore i'm wearing hats now like come on i don't, I don't know what's going on i, I noticed it and you gotta look but it's but you know what if a woman wants to be into how she looks and she wants to do the booty shots on instagram she has every right to do so i mean yeah. Several decades, several, several decades ago, I was in my 20s too at one point and that I wanted to look a very certain way. And for me in my journey, if somebody would have stopped me and did not let me express myself and to go that route with mm -hmm. building and physique and all that stuff, Everything that made me who I am today and to be able to talk to a woman with firsthand knowledge about plus, minus, things to look out for or to better be an advocate for her, stand beside her or lead her is because of the work I did prior. Mm -hmm. And nobody had a right to stop me doing what I did and for me to develop and grow who I am today. Did I do some stupid shit? Yeah, absolutely. Did I learn from it? Thankfully, a lot of it I did. <laughs> and, I, and I'm still growing and trying to figure it out. Um, right. So it, it, it's a very heavy question. Those myths won't die. I don't care how much education you throw at them, even though I think you should still do that. But it's, it's so much more of a psychological balance and to be there for them and to provide, it all starts with trust. If they don't trust you with the level one thing that you lay down for them, you're never gonna get them. But one thing I do know is, you know, if somebody comes to me and they really, really wanna lose weight, which, you know, okay, fine, let's do that. 
I want to make sure that they feel strong, that they know that they're strong, that they know that they're powerful, that they know that they have a place. And if I can connect with that, because anybody can put them on a diet, anybody could talk about, you know, how many calories or macros or, you know, that's, that's their thing. That's their strength. My area of strength and expertise is hopefully getting somebody to connect with their body and then the psychological end matches with that. So if I'm feeling good, if I'm feeling strong, maybe I want to reward my body by feeding in a certain way so that I can get stronger. And now being strong has a whole nother connotation to me other than just, you know, oh, I'm going to look super ripped or whatever that idea is. So I hope I answered that question. Well, yeah, that was great. I mean, it, you mentioned you mentioned a lot of key points that I think a lot of trainers should definitely, you know, always keep in mind when it comes to training a new client, a new female client. Um, well, be, before we, we move on to other questions, the last one for me will be, what are your, what, what's your advice when it comes to younger women or older women that are looking to get into strength training? What start, avenue should they be looking for? Yeah, um, start where you are. It can get really overwhelming, especially if you go to a commercial gym and you see all the sexy bodies out there and you see this person's doing this and this person's doing that, or this trainer says this and that trainer says that. Start where you are, find somebody to guide you, hopefully a knowledgeable uh, trainer, not yourself, David, because we're here for an intervention for you to- I don't know, I don't know. But work the process, you know, start where you are, work a process. It takes time. So whether or not you just want to feel healthy or feel stronger or you have an aesthetic goal, it's not, it's not a Rocky montage. I wish to God it was, my job would be so much easier, but, it, but it's not. Um, so what I would say, yeah, start, Start where you are, work a, work a process. Do not jump around from point A to point B. If you have questions, ask them of your coach. But if you keep jumping from coach to coach to coach because you're not hearing what you think you should be hearing, there's a difference between going, my body doesn't feel safe and I don't feel good when I'm done with a workout or something's not resonating with me personally versus he tells me that I only have to do you know, three days a week of cardio, but I'm lifting heavy weight and he's telling me it's going to be okay. Work the process. Finding somebody who agrees with what you already think is your own belief is not going to give you the results and the truth that you need. I don't know how to do plumbing, but what am I going to do? Keep going from you know, professional to professional to professional until I find somebody go, oh yeah, that's, that's what I, that's how I thought I was supposed to change that. That's a bad analogy, but. That's good. No, that's a, that's a great analogy actually. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. yeah, work a process. Don't I, jump around, um, be realistic and be patient with yourself. I think that's a uh, kind of piggyback back off that on your previous point. Like I as well have felt that, when training, I've my training journey and training clients has taken a longer time to figure out how to effectively program for the female population 
And that might be because I'm male. I feel more familiar with how the male body reacts to certain exercises. But like, based on what you're saying with like the pushback or like, I want it to look a certain way. I really like what you, the point you made where like, well, you yourself had been in a similar position, but the only way you came to knowing where that path leads to, how it ends up, is just having been there yourself and having gone to see like, oh, well, this is what happens if you follow a certain program that looks a certain way, you get to realize whether it's maintainable, whether it's what you want. The only way the person realizes if it's for them is by seeing it themselves. I think that's very valuable because when I've had struggles in the past of training certain clients, I never thought about that. Like almost again, like meet them at some point, but to a certain degree, allowing them to see where the path leads them, you know? So that way they can then be at, at peace of mind of knowing like, okay, well not that, Oh, I should have listened to the first place of my trainer, but like, okay, he is trying to get me in the right or she, or he is trying to get me in the right direction. And, you know, cause it, it's very, it's, it can be very challenging. I think as a um, trainer, when the person gives you that much pushback and ultimately like something I've, spoken about in the past of like when we mentor people was like there's going to be pushback almost of any client and it's knowing the the balance of giving them what they want what they need often but like it that that's challenging so i do like the fact you made it up i'm glad you brought that, that point up about like almost letting the client see the path they get to um i did want to dig into a little bit as we've been in quarantine something we've spoken about a little bit is what our routines have looked like what we've been able to do can you go into that a bit more for us? Like what, what you've been able to do workout-wise? I haven't got a whole squat rack. <laughs> yeah, you oh, don't yeah. want to know what our squat rack looks like. Um, my husband is- holding it like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that- That's stable. for Diana's shoulders. It, it's not gotta, that stable. You've got to get on a stool. <laughs> he, we, we've, got a, a high, we've got a high director's chair with my shoe boxes. You, it's- <laughs> it was enough when I came out of the bedroom and I saw what he was building that I just, I was speechless and I just took a step. You know, you're like, da, 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 I'm going to go in the room. Oh, let me take a step back and backpedal, but I need to be nearby just in case the sh I need to call 911. <clears throat> yeah. bar. Um, we are lucky we have kettlebells and we both have bicycles and there's a straight bar and we have a few bumpers here. We are also in a high rise, so you can't drop the weights. So you have to be very careful. Yeah. But I would say the first two weeks, so I didn't want to touch a weight. And I rode my bike every day. And since then, I maybe do where my whole life revolved around my strength training and my eating in my, is my nutrition supporting my strength training? Is my, you know, weightlifting up to par so I can compete for nationals? And it's no longer my focus. And it's not my, it's not what I revolve my day around. I, I do it as an expression because I like the way my body feels. I'm only doing strength training three days a week. I'm going for my morning bike rides every day. But to, to come from my past, which was so, you know, everything had to do with when I was training, what I was eating and everything else. And, you know, I used to be bulimic. I mean, there was so much shit where it was always regimented, always regimented to go, nobody can see me. If I've gained 50 pounds, who's going to see it? 
you know, right. nobody's watching and who do I want to be? And I'll be honest, you know, I get off of Instagram because I, I feel guilty that I should be maintaining this trainer's body, especially when the market is full of women that are half my age that are, you know, slam and physiques. And that's how a lot of people still unfortunately choose their trainer. And sometimes it's a good match and sometimes it's not, you know, either way, but really getting comfortable with what I want and who I want to be and exercise to support my body as a system, as opposed of making it fit into a certain way. And it's taken me, you talk to anybody that's had an eating disorder, it takes a long fucking time to get to that point where you can say, I don't want to go to an extreme and I'm not going to, I'm not looking at it as a punishment, nor am I looking at it as a reward. I'm doing it because I just, this is who I am. And that's really a comforting comforting thing for me to be in right now i i find it really enlightening uh to hear you say that because i had seen other people commenting about just because you see something on social media every day doesn't don't let that get you wrapped into thinking like oh i have to like burn x enough calories where i have to be moving today and i um i yeah i find it really refreshing to, to hear you say that because if anything, this is a very unprecedented time, but the time where we can learn a skill, the time we can, like you said, it, I feel that regimen as well, where like that has ruled my life ultimately as well in the past, where like I have to get that hour in, and you know there's so many variables for that, right? Like you said, if there's nationals, if I don't get X amount of hours in a week, I'm not prepared enough for nationals, right? So and right now with nationals of like an unsure timetable, like you get this time frame of where like you can almost break everything down down or reset from the beginning uh i know you touched on bike riding like what else have you done to kind of keep yourself composed in what was a very difficult time uh playing with my hair honest to god i watch youtube videos and i play with my hair just like david he he's going the conservative route with the cap on oh my god <laughs> you know i got a little swirl i got a little updo no, I haven't cut it yet. I don't, I don't think I'm going to cut it, but I will probably dye it some Lord knows what color, but nice. I'm working on perfecting my 1940s updo. Uh, so I, that, you know, I, I don't want to put pressure on myself to do, to invent. And that's another thing you talk about, you know, on social media, you'll see things. Oh, I learned, you know, and I started feeling, oh, you know, I'm wasting this time. I should be learning this. I should be doing that. And you hit the nail on the head. This is unprecedented. And it can be a form of trauma for a collective form of trauma. So, you know what? If I just get up and go for my bike ride and that helps me not feel down or depressed, okay, let's, let's do that. But it's okay for me to spend an hour on a puzzle if I want. You know, um, I really haven't done too much on my Women of Iron or my Her Strength platform recently, but that's okay. I also don't want to force myself to find something, but I have something to say, I'll say it. And yeah. if I need to create something, I, I most definitely will. 
but I, I think I want to use this unique time to be gentle with myself, not as a form of, hey, let me just goof off and, you know, it, it is for everybody else. If somebody wants to write a play during this period and learn French, great, rock on. But for somebody else, they, a success might just be, hey, I got up and I put, you know, put on makeup today or I got dressed and wore real pants, you know, any anything of the sort. So um, I'm... I'm keeping pretty busy with my virtual sessions and with my workouts. And of course my husband is cooking like a mad fiend. So every, every day at five o'clock we shut everything down and we just have a lovely meal together and uh, it's a beautiful thing. Nice. Glad to hear. I didn't know Keith was uh, that uh, phenomenal in the kitchen. So that's enlightening as well. Oh my God. <laughs> really? like, where, where has he been? <laughs> he is, he is, uh, he, I'm, I'm a lucky girl. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I remember I'm those meals. I remember seeing that in the break room. I could smell it and I'd be like, wow, this smells me. And you're like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> no, yeah. I can't cook or shit. I can roast a chicken. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can do. Um. <laughs> chicken, but, but that's it. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, Jacques, you brought up a good point that I was thinking when you were talking about uh, social media and the meeting somebody where they're at. And and I completely lost it because I was like, oh, wow, you brought up a really, really good point. Never mind. Maybe it'll surface back to me. With um, like, give it, like meeting them with what they want, a bit of what they want with what they need or? Yeah, a, a little bit of that. And I, and I think... Um, because I can, you know, you, you say, meet them where they are, give them a little bit of what they want, meet them where they're at. And that's a great way to begin to build trust because it's all about yeah. getting buy-in and getting trust with some people and sharing a, a personal story. You know, like if, if somebody is so hard charging on, I need to look a certain way. You know, I have a certain backstory that I don't share with everybody, but there have been right. occasions where it is very appropriate. And if I think it's going to make a difference to my client, I will without a doubt share something of myself so that they understand where I'm coming from. And it's cool if they want a more dramatic result or more of a fitness pageant type of mindset, well, then there's other people that can help them with that. And I don't disparage anybody from, from doing that. That's their thing, but I'm coming at it from a different angle and I'm good at this mindset. I like, I like that point you brought up as well, because we can all say that we've had uh, clients or people come up to us and want to work on a certain goal. And I think the best method of approach has always been to say, we can walk towards that. My specialties lie in these fields, but if you want, I'm more than happy to either work with someone in coordinates with you or suggest the right person for you for that. So I, and I think that's, that's also been one of the themes of this podcast is just like the transparency in the fitness and training world is like aesthetic goals or paths and transformations, but um, like to be transparent and, and, and tell people and um, follow that 
kind of how work actually looks like. Like we, we did use an example a few weeks ago, like on like celebrities who work on a, on a, on a role in a movie, like whether it's like Thor or Batman. And yes, men's health can tell you the exercises, but men's health isn't telling you the amount of hours of sleep they're getting, the amount of calorie intake, the amount of, um, there's so many variables in there. And then the other thing that we'd also talked about in a previous podcast is like how everybody's body responds differently. Like if we, if all four of us had the same training routine and meal uh, intake with calorie counting, there was, the responses are not all going to be the same because we have different genetics, different buildups, so many different variables. So I, I do like you brought that up as well. Cause I think it's, it's so relevant and it's, and it's so hard when someone goes, I want to get this. And of course you want to lead the person to say, but if you list like, cause it, this doesn't happen if you listen to eight of my 10 suggestions, you know, like, trying to be a dick and just you know like when someone in a prime example is if someone jumps on the end body and like oh i've gone up and wait i see oh well now i ate like shit for five in the last seven days and you're know, like do you think before we jumped on you know so there's there's always that um those kind of i did want to i know you mentioned a little bit just now women of i and you've been a little stagnant on the work but something i know that i spoke to you in the past and like when you kind of started the women of iron like where you i'm assuming the thought process is similar but where do you still ultimately hope that you go with women of iron like how do you how do you hope to see it grow oh yeah um well before lockdown and that every most of my so for those of you who don't know women of iron is for uh women 50 plus encourage barbell training so you've got any person over the age of 60 or 65 i forget what it is with the quarantine is seen as a high risk group so that's that's my demographic that i'm trying to uh to approach so before the quarantine what i was hoping to do is launch women of iron so that it could pop up let's say all over the u.s as a community builder for women. So each state or various places in each state would have this community of this event to, to train for and ultimately capsize in a really big four day um, women environment weekend where there is in Damn, that's awesome. intelligent people coming and to give lecture and women just get together and just lift like beasts. So that's ultimately what I would love to see happen with Women of Iron. I really and truly believe that it can happen. I don't know what that means to me right now under quarantine because right now all my women should normally be lifting and getting ready mm -hmm. for the early fall one that we typically would have most women don't have access right now to straight bars, depending on where you are in the country, you know, right. if you're in New York, you're screwed <laughs> or New Jersey. Really? Yeah. Um, if, if you already happen to be a, a woman who is actively competing in powerlifting, uh, or lifting, you might already have barbells at home, but the women of iron, the, the women who tend to participate in women of iron are not those national level competitors. Those tend to be women who, have just found strength training and specifically just learned that, yeah, they can do barbell training. So if a woman is on lockdown, no matter you know where she is, it's kind of hard to rationalize spending $700 on a straight bar, $500 on a straight bar for a piece of equipment you don't know 
that you're capable of doing, how to use it, or, or anything of the sort. So this whole certain situation we're in is really throwing me for a bit of a loop so that it's more about strength training. And I think the getting out there and doing whatever you have to use and to do, I think that message is already out there. So um, I really haven't done anything else to, to further that at this time. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens, you know, and here I am talking about a mass gathering. So now I'm gonna have a high risk population say, hey, let's all get together. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, I, I have to see how that forms, but it's it's too good to miss and it's not something that I'm willing to, I'm willing to give it the breath that it needs right now so that we can heal and move on. But there will be a day where we'll have a little bit more access and a little bit more access. And the foundation of creating a community for women who see women like themselves of whatever age participating in getting strong it it's too good to miss and it's not something that i will give up but for right now the priorities are shifted just a little bit can't wait for women of iron summit yeah hell yeah that means four days i mean to, and, and it's such an educational time for, for young trainers, too, because every time we have a Women of Iron event, you know, to see a new trainer go, damn, I didn't know women who were 60 or 70 could deadlift like that. I'm like, it's a, it's a deadlift. It's deadlift Yeah. <laughs> we bring our own, our own biases to a situation. So... And that's something that I still have to check myself with. I'm like, oh, like I met a new client for the first time. It's, it's, a, it's a younger guy. Okay, so he wants me to be flashy and do this and do that. And I walked away from the training session like, well, that was crap. And the next day I just did my thing. I'm like, okay, here we are. And if he likes what I do, great. If he doesn't, fine. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't him telling me to do that. It was me looking at him going, Oh, I bet you he's X, Y, and Z. And I think I think new trainers do that a lot, especially to women too. You see it with the damn um, pad bar on the uh, for low for a back squat. Uh, it's one thing if they want it. Uh, it is one thing if you want it, but it's a completely different matter if your trainer puts it on there right off the get. Yeah. And shame on that trainer if they don't say, this is why I would like you to try it at least without. Right. Because yeah. you have the knowledge, it's a good idea not to use it for several reasons. And after you work with that a little bit through the uncomfortable stage of it, great. Now, if they're still, especially if they're at a high-end commercial gym, there might be some pushback. Fine, just, <laughs> just squat. It's okay. Um, but you have to understand me as the professional, this is why I don't want you using it. And I know trainers will say, oh, I have a girl, a girl. Let me put that little 
pad on their back right off the get-go. She won't like it. How do you know? Mm. It's like me working with that young man. I had a bias that I had to check myself later on and go, ooh. So I think with anybody working with women, use and women do it to other women too. Oh, she's not going to want to do this. How do you know? Did you present it the right way? Did you present it in a way that's meaningful? Did you just assume that she wanted that ridiculous pad? Yeah, that's a good point. These are good points. Um, I, I think I, I think we've all kind of like learned from ourselves, and then also like our like our training methodology through like time, and like sometimes you walk into it with that bias, and I think it'd be almost like unfair to say that we don't have a bias because obviously as human beings we're always trying to like put things together and put pieces together and be like okay this is this type okay this is that type but um it's important that we kind of like become honest with ourselves and know like where our mistakes were and then try to like modify from there yeah that's, that's a good point um i had some questions about uh how you made your career in fitness in the fitness industry um, uh, for those listeners who might be trying to get into the fitness industry for the first time, um, I know that you made a successful, uh, successful career and you've also given back to the community, which is huge. Um, so, uh, I just want to ask you, how did you get to the point where you are today in the, in your fitness career, as well as if you had any tips for anybody who was just starting out, um, like, what would you say to them? So I was literally brought up in a commercial gym. So I've always had a job in a commercial gym from the time I was 12 years old up from fitness instructor to at the time we called them fitness technicians. You know, you clean the equipment, you do maintenance on the equipment, you fold towels, you show people how to use machines, knotless back in the day, there was knotless with the chrome everywhere. Um, so, and then I just went to, to college for athletic training and I wanted to move to the city and the only job I could get was in corporate wellness. So I went the wellness route, which is if, for those of you who don't know, corporate wellness is when perhaps a company has an in-house gym and you run programs, health and fitness, wellness type programming for the employees. So you're still dealing with strength training um, and just overall the wellness of the, of, the, um, of the employees. Got bored with it, to be honest, because every time I started a, a different area, whether it's, you know, it was a commercial gym or wellness, the next step up was more corporate. And then I'm like, well, shit, this takes my hands out of the, the meat of the situation. You know, I, I don't have the interaction with the members. I don't have the interaction with the staff that I like. It's now a corporate job. Mm. So that's how I ended up with a, another major uh, commercial chain. And again, once more, went up the ladder to management. I'm like, well, crap, this has absolutely nothing to do with fitness. So all my career has always done a fitness component, a fitness related um, element to it. And I know for a fact 
that journey has helped me tremendously. So for example, if I'm on a virtual training session and my client's like, all I have is this band, what can I do with this? I'm like, I used to teach an hour class because I did what was called aerobics back in the day, yep. the high Reebok shoes and everything else. Um, I can do that. Yep. You know, it's, it's a far cry from, <laughs> from the strength training that I love. But at the end of the day, you know, is, is she going to be moving? Is she going to feel better because she connected with her body? Yes. Is it what I ultimately like to do? No. However, <laughs> um, we'll get on with it. So, so my journey has a lot of experience in the different areas where my hands were always on somebody in a completely different setting. So for those getting involved in fitness now, there are so many different ways to get involved, right? You can work at a major gym. You can work for yourself privately. You can work in a physical therapy clinic. There's a lot of different areas, right? So we're not just in this one mainstream gym. We're all over the place in a lot of different settings. So if you're going to go with a commercial gym, there's almost a set of rules that you want to look out for initially, the pros and the cons. One, it's gonna give you a little bit more practical experience and you're gonna have money coming in before um, you're out there on your own. So it might be a great way to connect with other professionals to really hone in your skills and learn um, hands-on stuff. And the bad news is, is that, you know, starting off, you better have three months living expenses saved up, period. That's what I would tell anybody looking to start their career, have money saved. Because it's really hard when you're trying to learn something as involved as, you know, personal training or coaching, and you're running out and you're always on a clock because you have to go to your other job where you make money. It's really hard. So I would say bust your ass, work to have three months of savings saved up, make the switch then if you can, because it's going to absolutely burn you out. Mentally, it will also rob you of opportunities to grow and to learn. Because I know with when we be at work, so much of the teaching is done just from a new trainer hanging out while another more experienced trainer was working either on themselves or on a client. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a whole different experience. Um, and the biggest challenge hands-on is getting that hands-on and developing that coach's eye as yeah. opposed to, oh, I learned this in my book. Well, whoop-de-flip and do, man. You know, you have to learn what you're looking at. And because you're new, you don't know. It's not because you're an awful person. It's because you haven't developed it yet. And unless you're working with a senior person or someone who is much more experienced than you and is going to be honest with you and to point it out and go, oh, did you see where her foot shifted forward? Oh, no. Okay. Unless you're there working with somebody in that manner, um, you're going to miss that opportunity. So... I would say have money saved up and really make sure you get a mentor that you can rely on who's going to be honest with you. Yeah, that sounds, that's honestly sounds just like 
what I would suggest too. Like, I think that both of those things go hand in hand because it is a difficult venture to kind of like throw yourself into. Um, there are so many variables, whether it's like leads coming in or whether it's like how you talk to people, whether it's like training, like you miss one of these pieces and then it will all collapse. Um, and then the other essential part is like somebody who has experience who's going to mentor you and help you grow. Um, finding that mentor is like another obstacle in and of itself, but always having people uh, around you that are supportive and understanding and also knowledgeable probably helps in any job, not necessarily personal training, but just anything. Yeah. Um, I want to respect your time because I know you have to go in a few minutes, but I did have like one more. I had like a couple of questions, but I'll just throw you one more uh, kind of leading into that fitness career thing. Uh, what law uh what lasting impact would you like to have on the fitness industry after this is all said and done um and how do you feel where you're at right now how do you feel in terms of like being prepared for that thank you um my next venture that i've been working on i'm very excited with is pairing up with a non-for-profit in new york city to help um, survivors of domestic abuse um, work through trauma through strength training so we now know that and there's a, a great book on the body holds body holds the score body keeps the score somebody will have to correct me on that but your body is a roadmap and it, it it contains all these things that you've gone through and especially for victims of domestic violence to to be denied the strength or part of your body to claim as your own like all of us make a living out of being strong individuals and moving i feel like personally i'm the bill gates of body i i love my body it is strong i've treated it awfully but it's a big commodity for me. This is how I make my living. And the thought that somebody doesn't have access to have that strength, to have that pleasure, to have that connection because it was taken from them. So the lasting impact I want to make is to be able to work with organizations in order to establish a routine, a system in place for them to continue to give to themselves and that they can have one more tool to which they can heal themselves. If I can do that, you know, and my, my mother-in-law passed away almost a year ago. And when I came back from the funeral, the thought of spending my life with if somebody's gained weight or lost weight or what's their max deadlift, it just didn't fucking matter. So it forced me to find something for myself. Those are all well and good goals, not taking it from anybody else. But for me, what am I going to leave that's lasting? So hopefully through, um, through her strength, which is my company and going into different organizations, whether it's a women's organization or not, because uh, gender-based violence can happen to men as well. In order, just giving somebody their body back, giving them one more tool to where they can heal and to where they can stand on their own so that they can go out 
into society and help somebody else too. That's, that's what jazzes me right now. Um, so what am I doing to prepare for it? I'm reading anything I can get my hands on. If anybody listening to this happens to have someone that I can talk to, great. I'll be willing to talk to them um, because that's my next mission and that's what I want to grow. That's powerful. Thank you, Angel. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because that's, that's huge. It provides, uh, I think, all of us kind of a little bit of foresight into what we might um, experience in the years to come and then also how to uh, grow off of that, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, because I want to respect your time, uh, please feel free to share any information on any upcoming projects or where people can find you at, uh, any Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. Yeah. Um, Email. I, I've got, yeah, my, my, my Instagram is, I have not updated it. It's Her Strength Women of Iron, all one word, Her Strength Women of Iron. Uh, my Facebook is Her Strength Barbell Club, and my website is www.thewomenofiron.com. So, yeah, Great. I had a cheat. Awesome. So, thank you guys so much for having me on and, and giving me an opportunity to, to once you guys, I miss you all, and to... Uh, to talk and share a little bit about what uh, has got me so excited with these projects lately. Awesome. awesome. Thanks for being here. That was, this is great. I love this. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Anna. I appreciate it. Bye. 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 Well, thanks to those of you who tuned in to have a, to listen to us have Diana on the show. It was really awesome to have her on. She's someone we worked with for a number of years and she's, I know as a trainer myself, she's taught me so much when I was starting the industry. I think it's fair to say that she taught both of us, um, both all three of us, sorry, like very valuable information, wouldn't you say? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, she's the reason I got into weightlifting. I mean, I remember the, I, I remember vividly, it was, I was coming out of the staff lounge. This was in like 2011, 2012. And I was coming out the staff lounge and she was rolling out. She was like, David, what are you going to go do? And at that time, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. You know, it was like, you know, buys, tries, back and chest. Like, that's, that was it. You know, I didn't, I didn't even do legs. And she said, well, do you want to try something fun? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then she introduced me to weightlifting, and it was like the rest was history. So she was, she's very, very, she's very informative. Yeah, she's a she's a very good source for like uh, kind of like anything fitness related or health and wellness related maybe is a is a better term because like her uh, experience has really helped me form like um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask her was about like her training style but she helped me develop my own training style um, and my approach when it came to my clients like something I could feel um, kind of like good about like a good product at the end of a session like sometimes you just have that feeling uh that you haven't given it everything or like you were missing something but like she helped me kind of like create that compass because i came from like a more like uh, textbook background with exercise science and in my background and when i came to work out of a big box gym it was like nobody really cared what muscles were called what right and then like i felt like i wasn't providing enough value 
um, but she really helped me kind of navigate the way, navigate my, to navigate to make my own way, essentially. So um, she's always helped me out in that regard. So it was good to have her on. I also want to say, I think she's a really just, I think she's a deep down, a very good person as well. Like personally, I know I had um, just started training at Equinox for not long after. And I know she and Keith invited me over and there was, I think I, there was like a few guests that came over to watch like the rugby or something. I was the last one there. And she's, she was so nice. She was like, if you ever need a place to stay, if you ever need any food, cause she knows how trainers, at least in New York city, when you're starting off, if you don't have that extra income, it's very difficult. Like I feel that, some of the harder processes in training is starting off your business and like have like, especially if you come on the scene, if a client or someone wants to invest money in training with you and they've never seen you, they don't know who you are, like why it's like anything in life. Like you've got to be sure of what you're investing is worth it. Right. And that can be the hardest thing in building a business. And she knows that she recognized that. And she was very, very kind of offering. She's like, you ever need anything, to, uh, ever need anything from me anywhere to stay. And I, I thought that was like very heartwarming. And like, it just, it goes to show a lot about how, like who she is as a person and, her mission with what she's doing. She's obviously recognized it's a very big opportunity to help women. Um, I think like 50, 40 and up, right? And we've all watched some of her events and it, it's like very empowering just to watch it. Like we all have mothers like similar age to what she's, like what demographic she's training and to see that like she's, like you said, we've had clients take part in the event where someone who thinks, oh, that's like a, a young guy's or a man's exercise that women shouldn't do. And you're like, no, fuck no. Like any, every single person should be able to pick off weight from the floor, deadlift, should be able to load themselves with masks, like a squat, ropes, or carry, like whatever it is. I think everyone should be able to do it. And she's done, she's done such a great job at like breaking down the stigmatism and like making it open for all those women. And it's, 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 it's awesome. And like, I think that we can all agree that the reaction that she's gotten from her participants is they're like, fuck yeah, this feels good. Or this it feels empowering, but like it breaks down the stigma and it's good. And it's, it's getting well, better. Again, stronger. I think we'll be able to help like, um, share the information, which has our upcoming events as well. So that'd be really awesome. So, yeah. So how are you guys well, feeling I know, otherwise? I know a lot of, a lot of girls, a lot of women that could, wrap out my max so it's it's always humbling everyone could do it yeah no it's not i'm actually talking about like social media and i'm drawn in i'm actually realizing this thing when i look on social media and i'm looking and it's not a gender thing but i'm like fuck i'm weak i'm so fucking weak like people busting out reps of certain weights i'm struggling to do and they're crushing like way a lot more reps. I'm like, uh, I need to like pick it up a little bit. So it's hard to not think that like you're not doing anything in quarantine, but people are working a lot harder. It's hard to find that balance. But I realize I'm like, I just need to suck it up a little bit, I think, and just do it. Yeah, it takes time. You gotta put a lot of work into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also wanna say, David, I don't know if you knew this, but Angel, when you spoke about running 30 miles, I don't know why I understood you were going to run it over a time period. When you posted that thing, I was like, this dude ran 30 miles in one day? I was like, yo, I was like, yo right kick him like, off. Take yo, him off, him off the podcast. <laughs> he don't listen. Take him off. <laughs> yeah, I totally just misunderstood. A, a little over five hours. Yeah. Huh? 
I said it took me a little over five hours, but yeah, it was supposed to be like one day. Yeah, but people do that. I mean, it's like, it's not that far off from a marathon. You know, a marathon, people do. It's four miles more. Yeah. You did more than a marathon. Yeah, a little over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, it's not. You're crazy. Four miles more. It's not. (laughs) But but yeah, I get it. It it was something that I I was trying to, and you kind of saw me when I was a, when we transferred over to Sports Club, how like I had to get the miles in early because it was just I knew it was going to take such a large chunk of my day already. So when you would see me yeah. at like five a.m., just like you remember, you I was watching like UFC fight or reruns on YouTube, just like running, <laughs> and you were just like, "Yo, what are you doing?" And I was like, "I gotta get." Oh yeah, up. I do remember that. Yeah. So like that was all training because like you understand like with anybody who's going to do anything like long distance. It's going to take time, right? And time is going to be, uh, yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's just going to take time. You're not that fast, right? I'm not going to break like four minute miles, you know, and do 30 miles of four minute miles. Like that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, training definitely was important for it. And I would highly go against it if you're going to just jump into something like that. But um, it was, it was good. It was, you know, a little over five hours, but it was good. Got little gel packs with you. So I had uh, I had Liquid IV. Shout out to Liquid IV. They hooked me up um, because I've I've tried like other like it's like literally like an electrolyte supplement. Um, yeah, but it also has like other thing, other like organic ingredients in it, like cane sugar and things like that to help fuel you. Um, and sometimes when I use other this sounds like an ad, but sometimes when I use other like supplements, I would notice it in my like stomach. Like I would just feel really bad. Um, like, you know, we're all adults, but like you ever just like run for like, a little, or you ever do like exercise for a long period of time. Right. And you just like take something and then like, you just feel like you have to shit your brains out. Like I gotta go shit my brains out. Right. So I think it's a combination of dehydration. I'm not a nutritionist uh, by any, or a registered dietitian by any shape or form. But I think that it had to do with like my electrolyte balance, uh, balance uh, or maybe even the pH balance in my gut. So, um, you know, I just, I, I use that in order to help me out. Um, what were you taking? What's it, what is it? It's called liquid IV. Um, Shout out liquid IV, hook us up. It's like a powder, right? So you just mix it into your water or whatever and you're good to go. Also, I ended up drinking uh, a small bottle of Coca-Cola yeah, I hear people do that. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I had like a two Cliff Bars. I had two Cliff Bars, uh, a thing of Coca-Cola, like one of those small ones. Um, yeah. And then the liquid IV and I was good to go. I just pounded that back too. My body just needed it. And I was just like, after that, like I felt like hungry. Like you just feel like you're starving. It's like, it's not like your muscles are fatigued or anything like that. It's just like you can't produce work, right? And I was just like, I'm hitting a wall. Like I just, it's not even like my muscles are cramping or anything like that. And then I crushed that, and I was good to go. So, did you run a mask the whole time? Sorry. Say again. Did you run with a mask the whole time? No. So um, I started early, um, so the park was relatively empty, um, and that part I didn't really have my mask on. Um, but once it got towards like I don't know, like 9 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., it started getting crowded. So that's when I had to like start putting my mask. Uh, on. How was that? And then uh, it was hard. It was hard because it adds up. And I think I spoke a little bit about it in the last episode. Yeah, but, a little bit. 
um, it it hurts because like it catches up with you, right? So like you're not breathing well for like 10 minutes and then like maybe 15 minutes after that, like you start to feel like fatigued all over again, right? And Dude, then- I walked from East 96 to West 96 through Central Park with a mask, bruh. It's I walked, yeah. I walked and it hurt. And uh, my girl doesn't, um, she doesn't want me using like the, the flimsy, not the flimsy mask, but like the, I don't know how you would call it, but like flimsy the surgical mask. mask, right? So the ones that go around the ear and like that, she doesn't want me using that because it doesn't really work. Yeah, that one. Doesn't really work, David. The one you have doesn't really work. So she <laughs> has to use in the N95. But fuck this. The construction worker, the construction worker version. And the one that looks like it's made by Carhartt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly and so like it's like no air gets through that thing um Damn, yo. And essentially you're like breathing in the air that you just expelled right so it's air with lower oxygen molecules or whatever so, there just remind me of the time i went when i went to my buddy's bachelor party in denver mm. dude when you live in new york and then you go to denver for a weekend in the fucking summer it like, was like dude we went hiking and I thought I was gonna die. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was. Yeah. It hurt. Like yeah. it felt like I was. It felt like I had the worst hangover in my life, and I've had pretty bad ones. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> I believe that. Exactly. COVID nineteen, y'all. Dude, man. <laughs> and I remember, I remember one guy fell, and he was like, "Anyone, anyone, anyone got a Neosporin?" I'm like, "No, I do." It's crazy. I got you. <laughs> Man. it's insane because it is and people are saying like it's almost the equivalent of exercising with like altitude like in high altitude like that's what the equivalent would be that's what they're trying to mimic yeah i mean whenever whenever i go to um when i used to go to ecuador a lot with my parents back like when i was little we used to go every year for a month like just school vacation summer vacation and we lived in a high, you know, higher altitude place. We lived in a town that was, you know, right by a volcano. Like it was fucking. And when I would come back to the city, it would be a lot. I wouldn't say easier, but more manageable to walk a, a long distance or, or shit like that. And then you just fucking lose it because you don't keep it up. But it makes a difference. It makes a big difference. Huge difference. Crazy. One other thing I want to talk about. Um before we end up wrapping up, if you guys have anything else to say, like, what are you guys still doing for haircuts? You growing those, David, I see? Yeah, man, I'm trying, so what I'm, it's, it's because, it's like the sides, I have, I have clippers here, right? I have a, a trimmer that I might just yeah. touch up. Look at this shit, yo. Look at that. That's insane. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, my God. like Gandalf. What? That that your beard hair is longer than the hair on my head. That's, yeah. You can put your hand. <laughs> I can't do that. I cannot. There's nothing. <laughs> nothing. That's so itchy as well, no? It's you get used to it. You get used to it. I I, I mean, I have a boar's head, boar's sport hair brush, or is that what you call it, bristle brush? Like, yo, boar's head. Them. See, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they make ham and they make brushes. Nah, I ain't buying. No, that. but I, I try I brush it every every like. <laughs> I brush it in the morning, brush it at night. Yeah. 
That's insane. Yeah, and my girl's still cutting my hair. I mean, we have clippers too, so she just cuts. Nice. I just cut it short, and that's it. What about you? Is Alice cutting your hair? She, yeah, yeah, no, like two weeks ago, we clipped it, like we clipped the side and back on top in a little bit, and then like her brother helped with a bit of a fade in the back. No, no patterns, unfortunately, for those of you asking. But yeah, yeah you always get those um, patterns. I was like, fuck, let's get some patterns. Let's get like a Nike tick or something. No, yo, yo, bro. draw Alfie on my back. Draw <laughs> <laughs> Alfie. <laughs> nah, she like, I get so um, sensitive maybe as what about like cutting the bangs because so many people have just fucked it up in my like existence. So like, so she cut it a little bit too short one day and I was like, all right, I'll grow back. And then one of her cousin's uh, like half sister or something is a hairdresser and she's now staying here since the last week. So like, awesome. yeah, so she's already done Alex's and her mom's hair and I might try and go do different colors. So fuck it, we'll see. Oh no. Wait, first of all, <laughs> oh, wait, okay. wait, we gotta, we gotta touch back on that. First of all, what are you getting bangs for, Zach? Huh? His hair is different. He's got, you know. He's getting your bangs. No, that's what I have, bangs. Have, bro. He's got black hair. trying to be emo like you. What color, what color are you getting? You getting uh, pink? No, so seeing as the side of my head is gray, I might just do the whole thing gray. <laughs> oh. oh, like a platinum? Like platinum? Uh, I said, well, like, they said not silver or platinum, but like gray. So the hairdresser seems to think it'll turn out okay. It'll turn out good, sorry. So... We'll see. Oh God! I see they'll work out. Exactly. Dude, if my parents, if I ever die and bleach my hair, my parents gonna disown me. They're gonna risk Rona to beat my ass. Uh, Here's the thing: I never got to do it. I never got to color my hair as a kid. And then one of my younger brothers got maybe like three or four years ago got to do like five, ten different colors. And I was like, how come I never got to do any other colors? But he's done like every color in the sun. So I'm like, <laughs> it's hard to finish professionals. Younger well. is he? You your say? younger brother. Yeah. He's one of my younger brothers. Yeah, yeah. that's why. They, they let him do whatever the fuck they want, yo. My brother got a skateboard yesterday. And when I was growing up, my parents were like, you gonna break your fucking face? You ain't getting a skateboard. And he's like, I got a skateboard. Yo, what the fuck? This is ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> so I might, I might just do that. I mean, look, is it time to do any shit? Like, one of, my, one of my old buddies from England, he shaved his head and had just a mustache. And he looks a little Aaron ridiculous. I, I couldn't do it. Wow. Yeah. Yo, Angel, you got to go with that Odell. You got to get that blonde, blonde tips. That's definitely not. Angel, get Odell Beckham. Come on, man. My girl hates Odell Beckham, so that's never happened. She actually, Why, because he was a Giants player? One of her, yeah, one of her best friends, or no, one of her friends used to uh, date Odell's uh, cousin, the dude who was trying to try out for the NFL. Maybe NFL. He was working out in Queens, wasn't he? Yeah, and then like something happened between them, and like ended badly. She just hates the guy. Roid rage. I mean, oh shit! Listen, that's that. Look, if they fuck us over, man, the entire generation, the entire family line's fucked. Anyway, I'm not making my hair ramen noodles. Whatever it is, whatever the case, that's not happening. I, if, if I had money, then you can do Maybe. what you want. You got money, you can do stuff. But if you don't got Just get some Clorox, man. Can you get like an earring like Odell Beckham? The little cross? <laughs> I can imagine Angel of an earring. 
Yeah. I'm 30 years old now. A lot of options. You old, man. 30 years young, man. 30 years young. You woke now. I'm woke. I'm a grown ass man. I think I'm the youngest here, right? All right, guys, you got anything else to add? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in, for listening. Uh, it was awesome to have Diana on this episode. Next week, tune in because we will have Anthony Jokes. Um, so we're really excited about that. And um, Live on Zoom. Yeah, it'll be live on Zoom. And we're still working on the website, so hopefully we'll get it out to you guys very soon. But keep every um, stay tuned in your eyes peeled on our Instagram for any more updates. Cool. cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys.